0: The LA Kings lose in Minnesota to kick off their very difficult five game road trip, and it's not going to be getting any easier in the coming days. But I'll tell you why you shouldn't be too discouraged about how the Kings play. That's next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. LA Kings started their five-team, nine-day road trip with a hard-fought 2-1 loss in Minnesota to the Wild last night. Andre Kopitar scored the lone goal for the Kings' his 19th of the season. It came late in the third period with a goal he pulled for LA, and they could not get the equalizer in the final seconds. Phoenix Copley suffered a tough loss allowing two goals on 20 shots, snapping his personal five-game winning streak. For the Kings, it was their first loss since the All-Star break. It snapped their four-game winning streak, which was tied for the longest of this season. For the Kings, L.A. only had one power play chance in the game, and it only lasted about a minute and 20 seconds with the man advantage because Kevin Fiala took an interference penalty, wiping out the rest of the power play. L.A. did kill off all three Minnesota power play opportunities, so the penalty kill got the job done. Usually when you outwork your opponents, which L.A. did most of the time against Minnesota, uh, you draw penalties, you get power play chances, but that wasn't the case, unfortunately, last night. Credit Minnesota for playing a disciplined game. I really thought there was only one call, at least for me, that I thought they kind of got away with. But other than that, pretty clean game. Didn't think the officials missed too many calls. And as a matter of fact, the Kings got the benefit of a call when uh, Todd and the head coach, challenged an offside on a Minnesota goal scored in the first period. Uh, They went to review, and they wiped away the goal and said that Minnesota was, in fact, offside. So the officiating uh, ended up working out in that regard with Tom McCullough making the nice coaching challenge. So good job by the Kings coaching staff on that one. Now, the Kings definitely got their chances in this game against Minnesota. Sean Walker probably had the best scoring chance in a scoreless opening period on a nice feed from Victor Arvidsson on on a two-on-one, but couldn't finish. Second period, Kevin Fiala had a couple of great chances to score against his old team. One of them on a nice feed from Alex Ayafalo. Adrian Kempe had a one-timer missed the net. Uh, during uh, they ended up outshooting uh, Minnesota fourteen to four in the second period, and were down one nothing heading into the third period. In that third, Philip Deneau and Mikey Anderson both had backdoor scoring chances but couldn't finish. LA finally did get on the board, but it was already after Minnesota had added to their lead and had a two nothing advantage. Made it two one and that would be the final score of the game. So how should we feel about the Kings' loss in Minnesota? Well, obviously, I can't tell you how to feel, but I can tell you how I feel, and I would say disappointed, but not discouraged. The Kings did not play a bad game. They didn't do a good enough job finishing, that's for sure, um, because they had their chances, thought they played some pretty solid defense. Phoenix Copley did what he has done all season long, be good enough. To give the kings a chance to win the game and that's exactly what he did uh the special teams were good but obviously la got hurt by only having that one power play opportunity and it wasn't even a full two minutes on the power play um we talked about how good the power play has been of late uh going into the game ranked second in the nhl but it never had a chance to be the weapon the kings needed it to be um and again credit the minnesota wild i thought they played a very clean disciplined game um, you could argue LA had the better scoring chances and the better scoring opportunities throughout the game than the wild did, but what was the difference? Well, the wild finished their chances in particular, Ryan Hartman, who scored both of their goals in this win. Uh, he finished his two chances, both excellent, excellently placed shots in the upper top corner of the net. Not much Phoenix Copley or any other goalie could really do when the shot is placed in that area. Um, sometimes you, you tap your stick on the ice, give credit to the other team. Um, also, I did think that uh, Minnesota's goaltender, Philip Gustafson, um, he didn't stand on his head, but he did make several solid saves. I thought he did a very, very good job for Minnesota. I think he's like 10-1-1 one one on home ice now this season, as the Wild may have found their goalie of the future and maybe of the present. Uh, a former Ottawa center netbinder, uh, as Marc-Andre Fleury, kind of like Jonathan Quick, has now been relegated to being the backup. Uh, for his team so again disappointed absolutely uh the kings are a very good offensive team to see them only get one goal in a game obviously is disappointing and again the kings have to do a better job finishing their scoring chances but i would not say discouraged because sometimes you're going to play well and put the effort out there and usually when you do that you're going to get a point or two Um, but occasionally you will come up short and that's unfortunately what happened to the Kings against the Wild in that first game of this five-game road trip. Um, I do think, though, that you could make the case that uh, this Minnesota team could be uh, the best opportunity uh, for the Kings to get a win. Now, I'm not suggesting that because they lost this game, they're going to go 0 for 5 on this road trip. Um, But, you know, when you look at the West uh, right now, um you know there's there's a playoff spots that are obviously kind of up for grabs but when you you know minnesota certainly is in the mix in that minnesota is a playoff team right now so there's no uh shame in losing to a team that's in a playoff spot right now um but when you look at what's ahead for the la kings new jersey next winnipeg next week the rangers the islanders if you take that group of teams. And we talked about this a little bit on the Tuesday show that I think this is the most uh, challenging group of opponents on a road trip for the Kings all season. If you were going to take those five teams and rank them, I think Minnesota would be ranked five out of five. So uh, again, I'm not suggesting that this was the easiest opponent of the five, but it is a little bit discouraging that the Kings couldn't get the win in this one. Because like I said, I do think in my opinion, the opponents do get tougher. That doesn't mean the Kings can't beat them. Um, I am sure they will beat a couple of these teams, but, uh, again, uh, it's not going to get any easier is the point. Uh, New Jersey is up next. Uh, they have the third most points in the entire NHL. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be a difficult opponent for sure. And they're coming off an embarrassing loss. I'm sure they're going to be fired up to go. So the Kings will have their work cut out for them after stumbling in Minnesota against the wild up next, the New Jersey devils. Also, up next, um, I think I finally understand why Arthur Kaliev is so good on the power play and not so good uh, five on five. But first, I do need to remind you that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by FanDuel. It is the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockedon. That's fanduel.com slash lockedon to learn more, make every moment more, with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I mentioned it on Tuesday's show that um, I was all excited about this new fourth line that the LA Kings had put together, Rasmus Kupari at center with Gabe Velarde and Arthur Calliam on the wings. Well, obviously in this game against Minnesota, I paid particular attention to any time the fourth line was on the ice. Um, They didn't do much uh, last night uh, against the Wild, not that uh, any of the other lines did much as well, but clearly with with the Kings having trouble scoring and them trailing for most of the game, uh, the fourth line uh, got less and less time on ice as the game went along, although Gabe Velarde did get uh, double-shifted a lot. Uh, He was placed in and out of the other three lines uh, trying to inject some more offense uh, into the lineup for the Kings. Um, We all know Arthur Kaliev, has an above average NHL shot, but he has, uh, you know, shown more and more, uh, that he's a very effective player on the power play and not so effective five on five. And I think the reason is finally dawned on me anyway, maybe you've already noticed this is that he really can't create his own shot. Uh, he is, doesn't create his own space. Now, when he's on the power play, he can set up on the wing and get passes fed to him where he already has some space because the other team is down to man and he can then unleash that great shot of his and have great success. But five on five, he looks, I don't know, uncomfortable out of place. Um, he look, he's got decent size and he can go to the net, but he's not really, his strengths are not what he does around the net. His strengths are what he does in the high slot and on the wings and his skating ability isn't bad. But unlike, you know, your Kevin Fialas or the Adrian Kempes or the Victor Arvidsons, he doesn't seem to have that elusiveness or that ability to know where to go to find that space and that shot. Now, he's still young. He still has time to develop these skills. Um, But it seems to me a lot of times he is deferring to his line mates to get him the puck when he does get in space so that he can use that shot. It's not like he's really doing what he can at this point to create his own space um, so until he can do that, uh, I think he'll continue to be more of a power play specialist. Um, now I know it's hard when you're playing on the fourth line, you're not getting the same minutes, you're not getting the same opportunities. And that certainly needs to be taken into consideration, but just an observation that, you know, I made trying to p- pay particular attention to that fourth line last night and just kind of see what they do well, what they don't do well. Uh, and Arthur Kaliev, again, we know that great shot. We know he can be so effective on the power play, but five on five, he's still trying to figure it out. Needs to find you know uh, his, the ability to get in those open spaces so they can get his shot off, whether he's got the puck and carrying it in or whether he's getting into an open area uh, and getting a pass from a teammate. Uh, if the pattern holds for head coach Todd McClellan, after a loss, and in particular, a game where the Kings again they played well, but the offense wasn't there. His pattern is usually to make some line changes for the next game, and I expect to see that in the next game on Thursday uh, against New Jersey again. Uh, the Kings played well, solid effort, um, against Minnesota. Um, and you know, but the fact remains the Kings have won uh, one goal in their last f- five periods of hockey. Uh, now, granted, the one period before that was the five-goal period uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Where has that team gone? Uh, hopefully we see that team show up uh, here uh, against New Jersey um, in their next game. But uh, I think Tom McClellan may have given us a little bit of a sneak peek at some of the changes coming up in the game for New Jersey because of, the, of what he did with, with, uh, with Gabe Velarde, uh, moving him up and down the lineup. I would expect to see Velarde off of the fourth line for the next game and I have noticed it seems to me that Trevor Moore is still trying to find his game after returning from injury Uh, five games back from injury and he just has one assist no goals and he just looks like he's still he's not real fluid out there at the moment it still looks like he's you know at times he's kind of fighting the puck a little bit um, and not just not on his game yet you know guys come back into the lineup from injury after being out some of them can pick it up pretty quick some of them take a few games it looks like right now Trevor Moore maybe Taking a little bit more time. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Trevor Moore moved off the second line. Maybe Gabe Ballardi moved up the second line, but we'll have to wait and see. But something to keep an eye on for the next game for the LA Kings. Did you see the Kings are apparently going to be playing a game down under? Yes, that down under Australia down under. Uh, we're gonna give you the details on that in a second, but first. Want to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. They are so delicious that you won't think you're eating something that's good for you. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable new flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these things they taste like candy bars, but apparently they are they're healthy for you. Uh, only 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box or, you know, go online to order them. You can still do that at built.com, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club. They're available in the pharmacy section. In addition to the new flavors, they also have the old favorites as well, like cookies and cream, double chocolate and coconut puffs. They are built bars, protein bars that taste like candy bars. The LA Kings are apparently going to play in Australia next season. According to reports, the Kings are going to play a two-game set against the Boston Bruins in Melbourne. Uh, that's going to be next September, and it is going to be a couple of preseason games. And we've seen this before with uh, other teams, and including the Kings as well. Um, this past season, we had this is the Avalanche. Uh, where one of the teams, I think it was Avalanche Blue Jackets, played in Finland. And uh, I think there was another. I think the, the season kicked off. Maybe it was in the Czech Republic, something like that. So uh, this is something the NHL obviously has tried to do. Uh, with, I, by the way, I think this is preseason. Now that I think about it, I should double check that to make sure that this is not regular season games. Because the Kings have been involved in these um, a few times over the years. They were in China a few years ago. Those were definitely preseason games. but they did play. I remember one year the Kings and Ducks played back-to-back games in London to open up the season. And I remember there were a lot of Kings and Ducks fans that were not too happy about that, uh, that they would, you know, the t- two rivalry games that we normally would get a chance to see in person here in Southern California, they they shipped off to London. Uh, and and that wasn't uh, – and kick off the season somewhere else is a little bit difficult. But anyway, I will have to double-check that. I believe it's preseason – games and if it's in september yes it would be preseason because the regular season starts in october but anyway uh the kings uh getting a chance to play uh in this uh kind of double header uh against the bruins and uh it's very cool to see the la kings organization uh, being seen as a marquee team by the nhl to be included in events like this um so that's great to see if if you want to ever i've been to australia i went to sydney Uh, A couple years ago for my 50th birthday, had an awesome time. Really, really beautiful country. I have not been to Melbourne, but uh, I'm sure it's a very nice city as well. Uh, And there is a bit of an Australia-LA Kings connection that you might know about. uh, But LA Kings defenseman and currently with the Ontario Reign, Jordan Spence, was born in Australia. He was born in Manly in New South Wales. Uh, Did have an interesting upbringing you may know about. Born in Australia. Uh, Raised in Japan, his mother is Japanese, and then as a teenager, his family moved to Canada where his father is from, and that's obviously where his hockey career uh, started to take off. But I'm sure uh, that uh, Jordan Spence uh, will be, I would would assume, featured a little bit, probably be a little bit out in front with media for them to get a chance to, uh, to talk to a kid who was born in Australia and now comes back to play professional hockey. Uh, in Australia, I, they do have a professional ice hockey league in Australia. Uh, and there is one while you, you know, Jordan Spence was born in Australia, but he's not really an Australian. There is one Australian currently playing in the NHL. You may not know that his name is Nathan Walker. I believe he's with the St. Louis blues. Now he came up into the NHL from the Washington capitals. Uh, but I think he plays with the St. Louis blues. Now, Nathan Walker is honest to goodness. Australian born and raised. He did come to Canada in his teen years. Uh, I think to continue his hockey career, obviously that's not a surprise, but uh, yeah, there is one Australian. And I, I mentioned every show that I am co-host of a weekly NHL review show called the puck podcast. We actually have a very loyal following, uh, down in Australia. And, uh, when I went to Sydney, uh, met up with, uh, a half dozen of our, uh, fans listeners down there in Australia. It was very, very cool. I know, a lot of them are people that have moved from the U S or Canada, uh, to work and live now down in Australia, but, but, you know, look, the NHL reaching out, trying to spread the game. Uh, and it's very cool once again, to see the LA Kings being invited to be one of the teams to participate in this playing two games against the Boston Bruins in September in Melbourne, Australia did want to check out the Pacific division standings. Uh, you know, that's obviously we're scoreboard watching, uh, every day, at least I am. and and. I'm not going to say you should be, but it's just so close and so tight in the Pacific Division that literally things likely change on a night-to-night basis. Fortunately, the Kings didn't lose their spot, uh, and their hold on second place in the Pacific because of the loss against Minnesota. But the Golden Knights, Vegas Golden Knights, did play last night as well, and they lost to the Blackhawks 3-2 in a shootout. Now, they do get a point out of that. But certainly you expect them playing a team like Chicago, they should have gotten two. So a little bit of good fortune there for the Kings. Uh, They do, the biggest goalies, do extend their first place lead over the LA Kings from one point to two points. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers knocked off the Philadelphia Flyers four to two. So Edmonton moved into a tie with Seattle for third place. One point, both of them are one point back of LA for that second spot in the Pacific. So again, it is so tight right now uh, in the standings. You've, again, Vegas has got 73 points, LA 71 points, and then Seattle and Edmonton with 70 points. So you've got three points separating the top four teams in the Pacific division. Um, now that's not going to change tonight because none of those four teams, the golden Knights, the Kings, the Kraken, or the Oilers are in action tonight. So, uh, no changes in the standings don't have to score board watch tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Kings, uh, looking to hold on to that number two spot. Uh, And they got that big game coming up Thursday against the Devils. Hopefully they can get a big two points against a very, very good team. Uh, We are nine days away from the NHL trade deadline, just nine days away, and uh, still no major move by any of those four teams I just mentioned in the Pacific Division. As a matter of fact, really no major additions by any of the Western Conference teams uh, that are kind of battling for playoff spots or that look to be in a playoff position, teams like Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, um, but there was a minor trade earlier today involving a Pacific Division team. The Vegas Golden Knights acquired defenseman Dyson Mayo from the Arizona Coyotes for a fifth-round pick and the contract of defenseman Shea Weber. Uh, Dyson's a depth defenseman. Uh, he's already been assigned to the AHL. He's a guy, if there's injuries, he he's has some NHL experience, they could call him up. So just a depth uh, defenseman for Vegas. Not anybody that's going to really impact the lineup by getting rid of Shea Weber's contract. Vegas is clearing up some cap space for the next couple of seasons for them by trading away his contract. Meanwhile, uh, if you didn't know in more significant news for the golden Knights, uh, they placed their captain Mark stone on long-term injured reserve, meaning Vegas now has $8.75 million in cap space to improve themselves before the trade deadline. And that is exactly what they will do. Uh, Unlike LA, um, you know, Vegas is going to have salary cap issues. They, they really already have them, uh, but they've got salary cap issues now and in the future. And they've, they've mortgaged a lot of their uh, draft picks to be competitive now to make runs at Stanley Cups now. Um, so Vegas's window is closing. So they are going to look to make a big trade. And now that Mark Stone is on long-term injured reserve, they've got the cap space to do it. So look look for them to try and add a Patrick Kane or somebody of that ilk. So Vegas is going to make a big move. Will L.A., will Edmondson, uh, will Seattle? That remains to be seen. But again, Vegas's window, they know it's closing. They've got to go for it now. So they're going to be aggressive. And now with that cap space available, uh, they're going to do that, I have no doubt. And uh, if you don't know, there is no salary cap uh, restrictions in the postseason. So Mark Stone could come off long-term injured reserve for the postseason and play in the postseason. Uh, although I do understand he has a pretty serious back injury, but that's still a possibility. But anyway, Vegas, there, if there's one team of the top four in the Pacific that I have I have full confidence is going to make try and make a big splash, uh, it is the Vegas Golden Knights. I normally don't give notes on former Kings players, but I did see that ex-King, ex-Kings defenseman Jake Muzzin uh, is going to miss the rest of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's recovering from a cervical spine injury. So just wanted to wish best of luck to Muzz. I know he's had a tough time with injuries ever since the Kings traded him to Toronto. Um, And uh, I'm no doctor. I'll play one on the podcast. But a cervical spine injury obviously sounds pretty serious. I don't know if he's going to be able to resume his career or not. I know the Leafs said today on announcing that he was going to be done for the rest of the year that they will update his status in September at training camp. So they're shutting him down. Uh, until then, not sure if he's going to have any kind of a surgical procedure. But, you know, Jake Muzzin, part of the 2014 Stanley Cup winning team and a good player for the LA Kings while he was here. But uh, best of luck to Jake Muzzin as he uh, hopefully will be able to resume his career at some point next season. do want to remind you before we close out today's show that tomorrow on Thursday, it is a Feedback Thursday show. We're going to be recapping the New Jersey game on Friday, so no Feedback Friday. It is a Feedback Thursday, uh, always a popular show. Want to get your thoughts and your opinions on anything going on with the Kings trade deadline. Talk obviously is always going to be a hot topic. Um, Anything, anything at all that you want to share or ask um, it's all up to you. Feedback Thursday uh, here on locked on LA Kings. You can send an email with your question or your comment to locked on Eddie at gmail.com E D D I E. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can simply post your comments below and I usually try and pick out the, the best ones and, uh, and then we share them on the show on Thursday. Thank you for making locked On LA Kings. Your first listen. for your next listen. I encourage you to check out the locked on NHL prospects podcast. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft plus NHL draft rankings and top prospects comparisons for every team. It's locked on NHL prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Have a great day, and as always, Go Kings Go!